This afternoon we have a lesson that has been assigned to me is how would I respond to the phrase that God spoke to me. And thinking of this, at first when I found out that this was going to be my lesson, I was kind of shook up a little bit. I wouldn't have exactly know how to approach this particular this is something I've never studied about in 40 some years but uh, did now so anyway I've remembered a couple of instances in the past uh, one was of a of a football player that uh, being interviewed after the game and in a clutch situation he made a good call and he won the game for the team and they was interviewing him, and they asked him how he did that, you know, and he said, well, he said something to the effect that God had spoke to him, you know, and told him which play to use and so on and so forth and everything, and he was saved right there in the huddle uh, making that uh, decision there at that time, and uh, this was his explanation of it. Another instance that I remember of is... Uh, uh, Oral Roberts, and some years back, and before he built the uh, the tower there, that named after him, that uh, uh, said God spoke to him, wanted him to build a hospital there, and that that high rise tower, and uh, that he needed, I don't remember, I think Jeremy said twenty million or something like that, some great number that uh, he had to raise to build that tower because God spoke to him and told him to do that. And uh, But the question is this evening is how does that fit the pattern of what the Bible says? I think that uh, many people today that uh, uh, they do not just simply know what the Bible says and uh, and consequently, they say things that uh, are not in keeping with the Bible. Uh, there are probably some that, uh, in good conscience, they really believe uh, this very thing that God does speak to them. And in, to respond to such a thing, it requires of us to make sure that uh, we have that person's soul in mind, that uh, uh, we approach that person in a humble way we approach that person in a way that we can show them the truth and uh, not offend them uh, for their belief at that particular time so uh, this in my opinion would probably be one of the hardest things to talk to a person about you know and to try to convince them that God didn't talk to them at all so we have to be careful of their conscience and try to speak and give them the truth that will change their conscience, uh, if you will. As I said, I think a lot of people do not understand the, the Bible at all, that, uh, that there are three different divisions of time, that there are three dispensations that the Lord has given to us in which he spoke to us in three different ways. And the first period we know of is the period of the uh, of the patriarchs and uh, when this was the time when God spoke directly to the uh, and I forget when God spoke directly to the patriarchs to the to the men there at that time and it began there in the Garden of Eden when God created Adam 
and uh, and said the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress to tend and to keep it and then in verse 16 through 18 in Genesis 2 he said and the Lord God commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden you may freely eat but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die and the Lord God said it's not good for man good that man should be alone and I will make him a helper notice there that when God spoke to Adam there he said and the Lord commanded the man saying and he gave him some very definite instructions there and uh, what he was to do, what he is not to do. And he said that if you eat of this tree, then you're going to surely die. But you can eat of all of these other trees. Everything that I've made for you is yours. But this one thing you do not eat of, you do not touch it. So uh, when God spoke to Adam there, he gave him some very definite instructions that he was to follow and he spoke to Adam there personally there in the garden and we know that uh, Satan we've uh, studied many times of uh, how she uh, how he uh, lied to Eve and uh, and we look at that in uh, Genesis the uh, the third chapter beginning there with verse 1 it said now the servant the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, God, Has God indeed said that you shall not eat of every tree in the garden? So here the serpent Satan was talking to Eve just like God talked to Eve. And he's saying, Did, did God really tell you that you can't eat of every tree in the garden? So the woman replies, what God had told her. And it said that the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said that we shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent, in the fourth verse there, said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in that day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God in knowing good and evil. So there was two individuals there, we could say, that are talking to Eve. God told her not to eat of it. And Satan, uh, the serpent, told her, ah, go ahead, you can eat of it, that'll be okay. So Eve formed her decision upon what Satan said and not what God said. So she had the opportunity there to be obedient to a heavenly father to do what he said but uh, but she chose not to she chose to listen to a different voice so we see here that God then is the one that gives these commands you know <clears throat> as time went along uh, God spoke to many of the different patriarchs there in the uh, in that period of time and uh, uh, one in particular that is noteworthy, I think, to us, that uh, that of Noah. And when God looked down on man and he seen what he had created, he seen all of the, that there was evil continually, that the things that man was doing were things that were contrary to God. And it was a, a terrible situation. 
And God spoke to Noah. But God did this. When God spoke to Noah, uh, there in Genesis, the sixth chapter, verses 13 through uh, 16, uh, he told Noah, and he gave him some very definite instructions. God spoke to Noah, gave him instruction. Just like God spoke to Adam, God spoke to Eve, and gave them some different instructions. And uh, so God told Noah what to do, how to build it, how to build the ark. He told God, told Noah exactly what he had to do to be saved. And, uh, and Noah did that. So God spoke to Noah. God spoke to Abraham and, uh, in a number of different times and in different uh, places. He spoke to Abraham and always gave Abraham some definite instructions of what to do. So this was a period of time before man had any written word. And the second uh, uh, division of time the, after the patriarchs was what we call the mosaical period in which God gave uh, uh, his commandments and uh, ultimately uh, had a written word for man to follow. You know, God called Moses in Exodus 3 and verses 1 through 5. He said, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro and uh, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and he came to Horeb, uh, the mountain of God, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flaming flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, a bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see the great sight why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here I am. And then he said, Do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. And so... God spoke to Moses there initially before he called him to deliver God's people out of bondage and uh, out of Egypt there. But when he spoke to Moses, again, when God's speaking to someone, he's given them some definite instructions of what they are to do, what they are not to do. We know that uh, God, that Moses led God's people out of bondage. There's at least ten different times that God spoke to Moses and uh, they drew uh, these ten different plagues. And, and finally, the, uh, the Pharaoh, uh, God's people, his patriarchs there, they were in bondage there in, in Egypt at this time. And so uh, Pharaoh, he finally throws in the towel. And after all of these plagues, after all of these things that had happened to them, he decides to, to give in. And uh, he let Moses take God's people out of Egypt they went through the Red Sea and as they were uh, after they crossed the Red Sea they were coming there in the the wilderness of Sinai and God again speaks to uh, to Moses there and the people in Exodus 19 verses 9 through 11 and the Lord said to Moses behold I come to you in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak to you and believe you forever. So Moses told the words of the words of the people to the Lord. 
And the Lord said to Moses, uh, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow and let them wash their clothes and let them be ready for the third day. For on the third day I will come down, come down upon the Mount Sinai in the sight of all of the people and uh, to speak uh, to God's people there. So when God was talking to Moses there, he gave him again some definite instructions that they were to prepare themselves for that event when, when he was to come down, uh, when God was going to come down and, and speak, and uh, the people would be able to hear that. So God again, he gave uh, some definite instructions. And uh, so finally, uh, when in this period of time, God is going to give them some written word in Exodus, the 20th chapter, verses 1 and 3. And it said, And God spake these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And he begins to give him the Ten Commandments. And he said, And you shall have no other gods before me. So God is speaking to Moses once again. And once again, he's giving him definite instructions. And this same pattern repeats itself whenever God talks to people. He gives them some definite instructions, some, uh, some commandments, if you will. And so he did this uh, with Moses. And uh, God continued to, uh, to speak with Moses, uh, with Joshua and others. And, uh, he, uh, and he spoke to these and he gave them uh, many commandments and many instructions on daily living, on worship, on sacrifices, doing all of these various things that they had under the old law of Moses. And these things were being recorded now for the for the people of God during this period of time, God also used prophets, and He did so in a uh, it, but in a different manner. In Numbers, uh, He said there that He used uh, Numbers the twelfth chapter. Uh, God used vision and dreams. Uh, in Hosea, uh, the prophet there, the Lord spoke and used uh, visions and dreams once again. So this is how God spoke to people during the, uh, the time of the uh, Mosaical Dispensation. Then we come to the third uh, division of time, uh, the Christian age that we are living in today. So seeing how God speaks at that time, how is God going to speak to us today? <clears throat> and I think there's a definite pattern here that God lays out for us today. So how does God speak to us? Well, he speaks to us in particular... Uh, in the beginning through his son Jesus. And we know that uh, he came to this earth and he, uh, and he, for a period of three and a half years he spent uh, teaching the people at this time. In Hebrews 1 and uh, verse 1 and 2, he said, God who at various times in various ways spoke in the t time past to the fathers by the prophets, and that's what we were talking about there a while ago, and he says, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, and through whom he also he the world. So <clears throat> God spoke in, in, uh, in times past to the patriarchs. He spoke to uh, prophets. He spoke to uh, many different people in, in different ways. But he says in these last times, God spoke to us 
through by his son. So we know and we understand that when uh, uh, Jesus was uh, speaking in that three and a half years that he spent teaching God's word, uh, it was God uh, himself that was uh, with him that was teaching those words. And uh, let's see the, 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 the understanding of that in John 1, <coughs> verse 1 and 14. It said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Then down to the 14th verse, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, and the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So he said here that the Word was God, and, the, and in verse 14 he explains who the Word was. The Word uh, was Christ there, the only begotten of the Father. And uh, so we understand that when Jesus was talking uh, to the people there at that time, it was God was talking to, those, uh, to the uh, people there, to the Jewish people at that time, giving them the instructions and the things that they need. So whenever we read uh, the, the words of Christ in the, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, whenever we read those words that he was speaking, that was God speaking to us today. And it's been recorded for our benefit today. And when God gave those, uh, when God spoke, once again he gave commandments. He gave definite uh <coughs> Uh, things that we were to follow. <clears throat> so Christ spent three and a half years at that time teaching the gospel. But before his death, uh, getting down towards the end of his uh, life there, before his death, he spoke to his apostles in uh, John the 16th chapter, verses 12 and 13. He says, I have many things to say to you, uh, but you cannot bear them now. However, he, the, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. And for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. So Christ told his apostles there that he had many things to say to them. But he said, but you cannot bear them now. The uh, English study Bible says that they wouldn't be able to grasp them now so they didn't understand yet as of yet the uh, that Christ was going to die that he was going to shed his blood upon the cross they didn't have that complete understanding yet of his resurrection and so he says uh, I got a lot of things to say to you but not right now he says but when the spirit of truth has come he will guide you in all truth so he's, Jesus here is talking about that there is a time when the, the, the Spirit of Truth, that's the Holy Spirit of God, that uh, he will speak to the apostles and uh, he will teach them the things that they need to know. And uh, <clears throat> that was the, uh, the Holy Spirit's work then was to, to teach or refresh their memory and to guide them in the ways of truth. John the 14th chapter, verses 25 and 26. He said that these things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring 
to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So the Lord knew that, that it was impossible that for three and a half years all of, the, all of the, the teachings that he was given, the apostles, that there was no way that they could remember these things. And he said, but uh, the helper, the Holy Spirit, when he comes, and this is God's Spirit is going to come, and he's going to teach you all things and bring you to remembrance and all of these things that I have spoken to you. <clears throat> so then uh, the, we see the, the Holy Spirit doing exactly that on the day of Pentecost. We know that was the uh, when Peter and John were gathered together and they were the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit came upon them and began to, uh, to teach teaching all these different languages to all of these uh, different folks that were gathered there on the day of Pentecost. And, uh, and he began to, to teach, to refresh their memory, uh, to bring all of these things to their understanding. And in John uh, 14, verse 25 and 26 there, uh, he was uh, fulfilling uh, the, the Spirit's work there. And this is the message that God through his son, uh, through the spirit, through God's spirit, this was the message that he gave to Peter. And it's in uh, Acts, the second chapter, and verses 37 through 39. He says, But when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off as many as our Lord God shall call. <clears throat> so uh, this was uh, Peter then. Uh, it was God. It was speaking through Christ, through God's Spirit, uh, to refresh their memory. To, uh, these things had been taught to them for three and a half years. And Peter says, you need to repent, every one of you. Be baptized for the, uh, in the name of Jesus Christ and for the remission of your sins and receive the, uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Or as uh, Daryl said this morning, it's the Holy Spirit's gift is a better, more proper translation of that. So uh, those people that, uh, that believed uh, Peter's message there, uh, they obeyed the gospel of Christ. And so we can see uh, the pattern that is developed here is that God, through his son Jesus, uh, and Jesus who was God, uh, uh, taught his apostles there, gave them the words. And it, when... when uh, Christ was teaching his apostles there. It was God talking to them, giving them the inspired word and the, uh, the, uh, the Spirit there, the Holy Spirit, uh, gave them the words there on the day of Pentecost and allowed them to speak in different languages to all of these different uh, folks that were gathered there today. So we see that God was talking to his people. He did it indirectly. He did not directly talk to them, but when he did talk uh, through his apostles, through the, guided by the Spirit, he gave them again some definite instructions that they are to follow. When we, are, when we read this and we teach people 
that, uh, that they're to repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. That's not something that just came upon Peter, what he wanted to say, but that was God's words going through him and giving God's message, speaking to us today. And uh, that is important to us today that we realize that the words that we have in the New Testament at this time, that these are the words that were given to us and this is how God speaks to us today. You know, Peter used, uh, God used Peter's mouth there uh, on that day of Pentecost there. And uh, or <clears throat> after that, before that, excuse me, let's back up a little bit. He spoke, uh, God, I changed my notes there and I confused myself, I'm sorry. He said after Jesus uh, rose from the grave there, uh, after his uh, crucifixion, he spoke to his apostles in Mark 16, verses 14 through 16. Later, he appeared to the leaven as they sat at the table and rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he risen. And this is Christ giving Peter the instructions there, what they are to do. He said, go into uh, all the world preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. So this is God, uh, this is Christ talking, who is God, and he has given this message to, to Peter there, that he who believes and is baptized will be saved. So God is giving, again, the instructions here on how that we are to be saved. And those instructions are recorded for us through his word. And, <clears throat> and uh, later on, the, the Lord uh, Jesus, he talked to the Apostle Paul. And we know that he was on the road to Damascus there. And, uh, and uh, Christ appeared to him there on that road in Acts the ninth chapter in verses 4 through 6. And it said it was like, a, like this bright light came to Paul there. And uh, he said that he fell to the ground and I heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And said, the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the goads. So he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you have me to do? And then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and it'll be to the uh, Damascus there. And he said, he'd be told what you need to do. So uh, God needed an apostle to go to the, uh, to the Gentiles. And he selected their Saul there. And he told him, he said, I want you to go into the city of Damascus there. And uh, it'll be told to you uh, what you have to do. And, uh, and Ananias, he was, he was scared. He said, well, I've heard of these things that he is doing, you know putting people to death and said, I don't want to go in there and do that. But uh, God told Ananias and gave him uh, the instructions there in uh, Acts 9, verses 15 and 16. He said, but the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. So, the Lord there was uh, talking to 
Ananias and said, he's a chosen vessel, and said, I want you to, to go and uh, uh, to him, and said, I'm going to show him all of the things that he needs to know. And so uh, Paul came in, and he found Ananias, and uh, he spent some time there, and we know that the Apostle Paul was, uh, was baptized, and he believed in the Lord. He repented of those things that, uh, that he had done, and uh, he was baptized for the remission of his sins. And, uh, <clears throat> and he did this, and uh, this is because uh, Ananias gave him that message. It's recorded, I think, in three different places in the New Testament of Paul's conversion there. And we can study about that. But it was God speaking through Ananias, and, or, or Christ speaking through Ananias, giving Paul the instructions. And I had stopped when I was reading this, and I stopped to think, why didn't Jesus just tell Paul what to do? Or uh, when he stopped him there on the road to Damascus, his name was still Saul. But why didn't Jesus tell him what to do? And I believe it. Uh, why did he have to send him to Ananias? Well, there was a pattern. I believe that the reason for that is because there was a definite pattern had been established on the day of Pentecost that Christ, God, would talk through his apostles, through his word, and tell people what they had to do to be saved. And for that reason, he sent Paul, I believe, I believe that's the reason why he sent Paul into Damascus there and to talk to Ananias for Ananias to give him the gospel and to cause him to repent then and to do those things to be saved. And Paul was baptized, and he obeyed that gospel there at that time. So Paul was obedient to those uh, commands of that message. And again, it's uh, Paul was converted in much the same way that the people were converted there on the day of Pentecost. They had the gospel of Christ preached to them, and... Uh, that was how they were to be saved. And, and the Lord maintained that uh, protocol, I, you might call it, where man would speak the gospel of Christ and uh, teach them these things and that they would be saved. The last time the, that uh, I think that he talked to uh, the apostle that went as Paul came to known was Acts 22 and 21 and uh, said then he said depart from me I will send you far from here to the Gentiles so uh, he sent Paul out to to preach the gospel to the Gentile people on how that they could be saved and and Paul uh, these things were revealed to Paul and Paul went out to to do that very thing in Ephesians the third chapter verses one through four there this is what Paul is saying after he goes into the Gentiles. He said, For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which was given to me for you, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery. So <clears throat> Paul's saying here that he was given a dispensation or maybe a stewardship of God's grace. God gave him his grace, forgave him of those things that that he had done against him. 
and uh, and he he gave him this dispensation, this uh, stewardship that he was to go out and to preach that gospel, and that it was revealed to him uh, uh, how this mystery. It was something that he did not understand uh, of the gospel of Christ, but that was revealed to him uh, by Ananias, uh, for one, and he come to know of this. And then when he did this, he goes out to the Gentiles, Paul does, and to preach that gospel. He said when you read that you, that when they read his letter there, that they could understand his knowledge in the mystery of Christ. And... Uh, so again here we see that that uh, it was the message that was preached to Paul uh, uh, that uh, he could go out and to preach to others. And so this is the this is the pattern. This is the uh, uh, the way that the uh, the instructions that the Lord has given us uh, for salvation is that it's by the preaching of the gospel. And we know that uh, the Apostle Paul himself said that the, uh, that the gospel, that it was the, the power of God to salvation. And the reason it was so powerful is because it was God's word. It was God's teaching that was, uh, that was speaking to the people when they heard the gospel of Christ. So does God talk to us today? And the answer to that is definitely yes. He does talk to us today. But does he talk to us personally? No. We see the pattern that has been developed here that God talks through his people. He, uh, through the, uh, through the, by man's mouth, he goes out and he teaches the gospel of Christ. And uh, this is how men are saved today. This is a pattern that he has shown us in the New Testament there. And uh, that's the pattern by which we're called, by which all of us are saved. In Second Thessalonians, the uh, second chapter, verses 13 through 15, he said, But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief of the truth to which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold to the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or by our epistle. So Paul is telling the church at Thessalonica there that they were called by the gospel. And that's how God talks to people today. He calls and he talks to people by the words of the New Testament, by the things that are recorded for us today. And uh, when we go out and we uh, teach the gospel of Christ to other people, we're doing the Lord's work. We're, uh, we're giving his words. We, when we study with somebody and we read the words of Christ, we read these words in the New Testament, uh, we are talking for our Heavenly Father, for our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus. So it is through the gospel then, through that written word that is preached, that men are saved today, and that's how we hear God's message today. This is how I would try to go about to explain to somebody uh, 
how God talks to us today because it, as I read through that, I can see a definite pattern there that it developed that God talking through man, using man as his voice uh, to preach that gospel of Christ. I hope these things have been a uh, benefit to you this this afternoon. <coughs> we uh, know there that uh, we're, as Paul said there, that we're called by the gospel of Christ. And if there's someone here in the assembly that has not uh, heard or, or obeyed the gospel of Christ, we stand ready to help someone in their obedience to that gospel. And... Uh, if they if they have heard it uh, preached in truth, and uh, if we have someone as a matter to bring before the congregation uh, at this time, if we can help someone, uh, we'd bid you to come as we stand and sing the song that has been selected. <coughs>